Wonder how his Patreon. Awful lot, awful lot of people in this place dressed like chairs. Dressed like what? Awful lot of people in that place dressed like chairs. <laughs> you love that joke. Don't it's one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> I see you do that every time. There's like a wrestling uh, show that has maybe an empty seat or two. Oh my goodness, or two. <laughs> yeah, entire sections that are just wiped out. Right. So did you? I don't know if you heard the big news as we're starting uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark. Uh, right. Two forty nine. <laughs> I didn't have it right in front of me. That's right. Mr. Black. But anyway, go ahead. Um, that the big news is that At Odds with Wrestling is moving to uh, Thursday night recordings in five weeks or something. In five weeks? Yeah. Oh, but the, what about Thursday night football? <laughs> well, uh, we, I've already had no less than three people, one, while I was recording the show, jump into Adam's grave uh, for any sort of Thursday night football games where the Steelers are playing. Yes. Is the Steelers the team he likes? Yes, it is. He's, okay. yes. Three people. Hey, you know what? I would do another fill-in show on mm-hmm. a Thursday night, as long as the Steelers aren't playing the Raiders. You would have to watch both NXT and uh, the All Elite Wrestling. I'm, I would watch the All Elite. The, the commercials have been grabbing me. There seems to be a lot of talent in there. A lot of giant heads full of hair and talent at, at All Elite. I'll give you one of those two things. <laughs> I'm not going to give you two. Right. <sighs> <laughs> but... So, can you name names, or is it just that you want to keep them anonymous up your sleeve? Um, Cannon was one. Right. Shoesy, gotcha. He did it publicly. Ooh, coming for the king. I like it. And then while I was recording the show, uh, our good buddy DJ and his friend Brett had Mm -hmm. pitched me a show of exactly what we're going to be doing. Oh, okay. Right. Sounds like, look at you, like, more successful than, than ever now. Mm, let's not go crazy. You, uh, you, sir, three podcasts? So, so good. So good. Uh, rolling in the dough now. That's what you're doing. Not yet. But, uh, I could I hijack the show for a second? Yeah, yeah. It's already kind of hijacked before we get into Al's Gals. We'll right. be talking about uh, three episodes of Who's the Boss. Three episodes? Uh-huh. All right, when we get there, I have a question to ask you. Yep. But as I discussed on the other show, the main show, I went to, you know, Keystone Comic Con. But I wanted to discuss the food situation, the, the great sauce debacle of 2019. Oh, yes. I saw you and uh, Josh tweeting. Uh, and again, he is what, uh, Josh. Right. Tweeting gotcha. about this back and forth. Right. So... We leave. We leave PhillyCon. We didn't end up going to, out to eat with one of the with Barry Kitson. Long story, but uh, nothing bad. Just we we left early because the show was you know not there wasn't enough to do to last ten hours at the show. So we're coming back and we stopped at the Riverwalk Saloon, which is spelled R I V E R W A L C K. The Riverwalk, and we've eaten there before. And I, I was really like you guys have eaten there before. 
Right. So we go, right? And now we're starving and we're giddy. And you know me when I'm giddy, Joe. I'm just a delight to be around. So we, we go, we get to this place, we sit down. They 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 outside it was beautiful. It was a beautiful night. So we sit down, we're waiting like forever for our waitress to come. And the waitress comes and she was as nice as can be. Let me just say that. Nice as can be. She's like, nobody told me that they put, you know, you guys in my section. Nope, nobody alerted me. So I was like, whatever, we were there for a bit. So we're like ordering. We decide, me and they have the wings. And it's like six wings and then 12 wings and then 18 wings. And each time it's like, let's just say $6 for uh, six wings. But if you get 12, it's $10. So, you're, you know, the more you get, the more you're saving. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at Josh and I'm like, well... I want this. He goes, well, I want a, a few mild wings. And I'm like, well, I want barbecue. So we're looking at it and it goes 6, 12, 18, 32, right? And I'm like, oh, well, let's just get the 32 and I'll take home whatever I want. And I could probably eat a bunch of wings. I could probably eat a dozen or maybe even 18. I'm starving. I have, you know, dying. So we end up getting, we end up going, and it says at, over orders of over 18 you could split the sauces so we're like okay i don't like mild or regular like so i was like could we get an order of 32 could we get half or no could we get 12 or it was 36 i'm sorry could we get 12 wings mild and the 24 barbecue like that's to me is splitting the thing she's like fine sure and i'm like i really like your uh your baked beans can i get a thing of baked beans and we got loaded french fries so, like, that's a lot of food. We, but we didn't yeah. even realize how much food it was going to be. We were starving, right? So, she comes out and she's like, "I'm so sorry." And we're like, "Now, this is like after we're waiting for the wings for a while." And we're like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, there's a problem with splitting the sauces." And I'm like, "All right, it has to be half and half, doesn't?" She's like, "Yes." And she's like, but because, you know, the, the order's in and the, and the things are cooking and I like you guys so much. Like, not like you guys, but she was like, you guys are being really nice about it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take the, 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 the 12 wings on my own and I'm going to put them in a basket and, and mix them up with the, with the mild sauce. And then I'm like, well, what about the barbecue? She's like, oh, well, the barbecue comes out in squirt bottles. So you put the barbecue on yourself. And I'm like, Okay, so I'm like, why is it if if you're gonna bring me out 24 plain wings, why is it so hard to just take 12 out and mix them with mild sauce? She goes, I don't know. Some people make things harder than they have to be, right? Oh my goodness. So we're like, whatever. We're just starving, right? The food comes out. She brings the 24 wings that are plain and she puts like various, I don't even know what other sauces there were, but there was a, like a, a barbecue, a regular barbecue and a white barbecue, which I didn't like. Um, and then other like ketchups and other things. I don't know what there was in there. I just wanted the barbecue sauce. So she brings out like, you know, those little um, baskets that you get like for French fries that are like plastic and they put the paper in. So yeah, they put like fall. the one sheet of wax paper. In. Sure. Right. So they bring those out with 24, a big one with 24 and they bring out a little one with 12 and she's going to put the sauce on it. She's going to mix them up in that instead of a bowl in the kitchen. Cause she probably got fucking yelled at. Right. 
So she's mixing them in this thing, and before she can get them all covered, one of the wings just falls out on the on the deck because we're eating outside on the deck. She's like, "Oh my god, there's you know, I dropped one. I'll go get another one." I just reached down and grab, like, I picked it up five second roll, and I'm like, "I'm just gonna eat this, ma'am. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, this has turned into a giant cluster. Don't so." She, she's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, I just d- dipped it in barbecue sauce and I ate it. And she's like, I was like, don't mind us. We're just loopy tonight. She goes, yes, you two are very unique. She goes. <laughs> but she was, she was good. I'm not like, if she was ribbing us, whatever, like we were having a good time with her while we're getting stares from other people, which I think is we split the sauces or whatever. So she ends up putting out the wings the fries, which were a big thing of like goopy cheese and bacon. And then I think, cause I got a side of uh, uh, baked beans that to make it up for me, she brought out a fucking swimming pool of baked beans. <laughs> like it, and like a fucking shovel to eat it with. Right. And I'm looking at it. It's like, it's like an oversized cereal bowl filled with baked beans. And it was like a $2 and a two and a quarter on our bill. You know what I mean? Which usually it's supposed to be like a little like dessert cup full of it. Yeah, full it's like of a dollop, you know? Yeah, like a dollop. But she, she brought it all. So we're looking at all this food and me and Josh are looking back and forth at each other. Like we have made a huge mistake with how like you could eat. I only ate like 10 wings and I was like tapping out. I had like two shovelfuls of baked beans. But before that, we just crushed we crushed the French fries without touching the wings. It was like it was like two sword fighters with forks in the, in the in the French fries. And when it was done, he didn't get the reference, but he goes, "Man, we were like a we we ate that like pigs." And I'm like, "I don't know. Pigs tend to chew their food. <laughs> we, we were more like ducks. Well, either way, some kind of farm animal, right?" And we were, he's like, yeah, we were just eating it like the, the Tyrannosaurus at Rex ate the goat in uh, Jurassic Park. You just, you just throw some in your mouth and you throw your head back so it could go down. I was like, we, we were having a blast. She brought out the, the bill and she was like, you guys were great. Thank you. We left a decent sized tip and we left. But as we were like, just, it was one of those, as the night went on, we were getting giddy and couldn't stop laughing at our shitty terrible jokes to each other and it was like a really good time like i was like oh my god like i'm getting bit by mosquitoes out here um i think they're i think they're after the mesquite in my blood they're literally mesquite o's i was gone for 10 minutes joe that's how good that's how good of a time we were having so yes if you ever go to the riverwalk don't split the wings because you can't mix the sauces in unequal proportions Good time, though. That's what you get um, for not eating at the Reading Terminal Market, because that's still down, like, the the Philly Con is, uh, or Keystone Con, it's still, like, downtown in the convention center, right? Yes, well, we had lunch at, mm-hmm. we had lunch at the, uh, the Reading Terminal. Oh, okay, okay. But when we left the con at, like, 5 o'clock or whatever... Like the re- like we left at whatever it was, whether we read left at five o'clock or six o'clock, I don't remember off the top of my head. The reading terminal was closing in ten minutes. So we were like, well, and we're not we had eaten at like maybe one o'clock, so we weren't hungry yet. Like we knew the river walk was an hour drive yet. So 
it, it all worked out in how hungry we were. And you don't want to be walking in. I, I hate people like that who walk in, you know, you were closing in 10 minutes. Make me, a, you know, make me a rib sandwich. Yeah. So that's why we didn't eat at the, the, the ter- I love the terminal, by the way. So every time we go to any of the Philly stuff, I, that's, that's our lunch. Not oh, yeah. with hesitation. Can get a little um, overwhelming sometimes. Yes, because you're almost, you're like, you see something you like, but maybe around the crowded corner, I'll find something else I like mm-hmm. more. And you're, you're, you, you can't accept what's in front of you. And like, there, and I don't know if you know this, Joe, I have my things that I eat at certain places. Yes. Or this is, this takes my, my inability to make decisions and makes it 10 times worse. Uh-huh. It's like, should I get the Chinese? Oh, the tacos look good. Oh, but there's like paninis around the corner. It's too much for me. I, I get overwhelmed and, you know, I need a beer and go to bed after that. Yep. So. so I'm I, sorry that you and uh, Josh had a bad experience with the sauces. Yeah, only the sauces. Otherwise, the food was good. And the next day I finished the wings up and they were even better uh, cold out of the refrigerator. Oh, my God, they were so good. All right, enough of your shenanigans, Todd. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's talk about Al's Gals. Okay, three episodes of Al's Gals? Three episodes of Who's the Boss. Or, yeah, Who's the Boss, I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, I'm going to assume that everyone knows the premise of the TV show, Who's the Boss. Right. Where uh, Tony Danza plays a character named Tony. Shocking. Who did a variety of sports of some kind. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, while he may have a gruff exterior, gets a job working for a business lady as a nanny. Right. She runs an advertising company. Right. Business lady. Right. So, uh, Tony Danza's got a daughter. She's got a son. They got a sexed up uh, old lady in the house, <laughs> which is, uh, the, which is the, 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 the subject of the Al's Gals in particular. Right. But, you know, that's who's the boss, you know, rinse, repeat for how many goddamn seasons is that on for? I think it was seven. I'm pretty sure. Right. It was on for a very long time. Right. Uh, I'll say this. Who's the boss is the definition of 80s comfort food. Okay. Where very rarely does one episode lead into another they all kind of stand on their own. Sometimes they might have like a through line from one episode to another, or maybe a character will appear like once every eight episodes. And it's kind of like a little gift for you, mm-hmm. but you could want like it's comfort food. You know, the, the assignment was two episodes. I ended up watching three and I'll explain why. Bec- and I didn't feel like it was a chore. Right. It felt like just being all cozy and with a warm blanket around me. You're going like, ah, this is like, this was what TV was when I was a kid, you know? Right. And it was eight seasons, Joe. Eight seasons. Yes. That's a long time to be on TV. That's right. 196 episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in, the, this is in the midst, the, the tail end of season three, and they were all ready to split the show up, right? Right. So we're going to talk about who's the boss a little bit before we transition into Mona, a.k.a. Moner, a.k.a. Uh, what's her face who plays her? Catherine, uh, Catherine Hellman, who is a journey woman television actress. You know, yes. we kind of got off on our tangent last week 
about her run on the television show Soap. Uh, she was in tons of movies. Uh, she even, like, ended up being, like, recurring roles on Coach in Later Days and Everyone Loves Raymond in Later Days. She was just someone who constantly worked, right? Yes. And because she's good. She was great at her job. Right. Um, now, this I bring up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tread on some, some delicate ground here, but I'm getting somewhere. Okay. At the time watching the show, when the show was on in its prime, I would have been 9 to 12 years old, okay? Mm-hmm. I looked at Tony Danza, and I looked at Judith Light, the stars of the show, and I'm like, okay, they're older people. They're older than me. I'm 9 to 12 years old. They're obviously adults. Right. When you're a kid, an adult is pretty much anyone from, like, 21 to, like, 55. And then, like, 55 and up is, like, your grandparents' age, right? Yes. Okay. So, would you believe, uh, going back, so I'm watching the show, and I'm like, this hairstyle that Judith Light has is doing her no favors. Right. No favors whatsoever. And then I go and I look up that at the time of the filming of this show, she was 38 years old. <laughs> Tony Danza was 36 years old. She was the, he was the young stud then. Right. So not only are we playing a show where the man is younger, what TV show would be put on the air today? where the male and female romantic leads were in their late 30s. I don't know. Maybe CBS. does not happen anymore. No, you're, you're, if you're an actress, 30 is like the, the, the peak of your uh, business abilities in this industry. Right. They, they did a joke on an episode of 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my goodness. I'm going to kick myself for... Uh, on the show, her name was Jenna. I forget the actress's name off the top of my head. I know there's people yelling at me, and that's fine. You could yell all you want. Uh, Jane Krakowski, okay, mm-hmm. played Jenna on the show. And at the time this episode was on, uh-huh. she would have been like 30, okay, maybe 32. And they did a joke that she got cast on an episode of, <laughs> on, a, on an arc on Gilmore Girls, right. where she played the mother. <laughs> and she was like shocked that this was how TV was, and like they convinced her to take it on. And then there's like they play some jabs at it, like she's reminiscing about things that are like seven years old at the time, you know, <laughs> right. uh, as she's dying from old age episode of Gilmore Girls that she guessed it on at the age of 32, right? Is is this the episode with the famous highlighter incident? Yes! Okay. Yes! <laughs> okay. I don't want... They, they don't want me to read that. They highlighted it, so I'll ignore it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, anyway, where I'm going with this was... Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting to see... Um, you know, in kind of today, a show then where, you know, you could have someone in their late thirties be the star of a show. Right. You know, they would go by your cachet as an actor person, as opposed to, are you the new young hot thing? Right. Well, I think some of that too, though, 
wouldn't you say like uh, into the 2000s like everybody loves Raymond and like that the, these are the same comedies that were who's the boss style I mean granted they evolved like the 80s comedies are different from 90s to 2000s but you had King of Queens and stuff like that weren't they in there like 30s and stuff like that okay okay so let's let's get into King of Queens okay okay I don't know did you look this stuff up beforehand or no 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 I okay. was just saying kind of like how now Mm-hmm. And how it made me think of that episode specifically of uh, 30 Rock. I get you. Making the joke about that. So when uh, King of Queens went on the air, Kevin James was the older person. When the mm-hmm. show, he's, he's five years older than Leah Remini, who was his uh, wife on the show, right? Mm-hmm. She was 27. Oh, he boy. was 33 or 32 or whatever it was, you know? Okay. So there's your, you know, unhip older couple or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. She's 27. And she was like the mom on the show. Right. So it was like, it was still like that way up until like the late night, you know, the late nineties, maybe into the early two thousands, but I really wasn't watching a lot of TV to see where, like, the shift happened. And obviously the shift happened when shows like Gilmore Girls and Dawson Creek and everything like that became more the hip thing. And you have shows that are led by teen characters and the adults are more or less moved to the back. Right. With that also being said, you know who had the plummest gigs, plural, in television? Alyssa Milano and that other kid? Alyssa Milano and, first of all, you put some goddamn respect on Danny Pitaro's <laughs> name, first of all. How dare you? <laughs> Second of all, yes. So if you were not the main focus as a teen or child actor on a show like this, right. Growing Pains don't count because, like, there was just as many adventures as, like, you know, there like there was less stories about Alan Thicke and the mom on Growing Pains than there was about the kids, right? It was like even right. Steven. I Family gotcha. ties, same situation. Where, like, the crux of a show oh. like Who's Boss is, like, the will they, won't they, right? Well, as a matter of fact, with Family Ties, that was a big sticking point with Meredith Baxter Burney, was it was supposed to be her and Michael Gross's show. Yeah. And then J- Michael J. Fox blew up. Right. And it was like, why am I getting less lines for this this snot nosed kid? It was it was bad. But yeah, that's probably honest to God, probably family ties is your is your moment where it starts to happen. Right. But we're, so that we're, that's where okay. that starts to happen. But who's the boss is about, you know, it's it's about Tony and Angela. Right. And if there's a secondary plot, it's going to be about Mona. But if if there's going to be a third plot, then maybe it might get to either Danny Pintaro or Alyssa Milano. Right, but I don't know, because I was never a huge Who's the Boss fan. Are we 100% sure of this, that there wasn't more, you know, Danny Terrio and Alyssa Milano? <laughs> Danny Terrio, how dare you? <laughs> Led- what Ruff Griffin did to him, how... how- <laughs> dare you bring his name up <laughs> lead episodes or did we just see two slash you saw three episodes because uh technically the the, the one that we're going to talk about later was not even a tony danza or judith light you know lead extravaganza so did we just get two two three bad episodes maybe there was whole like Alyssa milano episodes and danny terrio episodes right but what where i'm getting to is there's if it's a 24 episode season Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to guess two might be about the kids during the course of a year. Okay. I'd say it's more. We could look at season three if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, I think somebody should do the numbers on that. Okay, so let me look at season three. You're going to look at all the the plot summaries? I could even just look at these show titles, right? Right. Okay, so here's one about uh, uh, Samantha. Okay. Okay, here's two about Samantha. Right. Here's one about Jonathan. Okay. I'm just reading the synopsis as this is. I gotcha. There's Riveting. two about Jonathan. All right, there's two. So we're even. Right, right. Angela's boyfriend. Okay, so here's... Okay, now this one's... Okay, so this one's a little bit rough because... Uh, I just... <laughs> so... Samantha is excited when Angela's latest client, Ray Charles. Oh, God. So I think it's more about Ray Charles than anything else. So that one I'm going to call a wash, okay? You should, that, that's the sup, guest superstar led episode. Okay, so the, now wait, this is sweeps because then it's February sweeps because the next episode appears to have Tony's boxing coach played by like Leonard Spinks or something. Oh, that's where you're putting asses in the seats, Joe. Right. So, okay, so I went through the entire thir- third season, and each of the kids got two episodes. And I'll give Samantha, like, two and a half. Okay. So that's right in line with what I was talking. And, like, I'm looking at, I'm just reading the, the, the descriptions of the shows. Mm-hmm. And if the kids' names are in the title of the episode, like Jonathan the Gymnast. Mm-hmm. Or, uh... Daddy's little Montague girl. I go, right. okay, that's very clear as to what those are about, right? Right. I wonder if uh Alyssa Milano got more episodes as she got older, though. Mm-hmm. You know what well, I mean? Where she let's do let's just look at season four, okay? Oh, I just found a great title called Your Grandmother's a Bimbo. That's the one I want to watch. <laughs> okay, so on season four, we're already at one. Two, three Samantha centric episodes. That's, she's starting to grow up, Jar. Little Samantha centric episodes. Right. Five Samantha centric episodes. Oh, it's getting Six up. Samantha centric episodes. Seven. Eight. Mm. Now, this season, season four, there's eight Samantha-centric episodes and one Jonathan-centric episode. Uh-oh. So you see how the shift went there, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. But what I'm saying is, in these in these episodes that we watch, these th- season three episodes, right. like, the kids come in, they say their two lines, <laughs> and they cash a paycheck. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you can't beat that work. No, you can't. And... And that's, you know, like, hopefully you still get to go to school and you don't get hooked on Spectrox. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're not working, you know, 17 hours a day filming Who's the Boss and having your movie career take off, too. You know, like, so I don't know. I, I look at it as 
as as they, I think they all turned out well. I don't know how the Jonathan turned out. Did he turn out okay? Because Alyssa Milano did okay. Uh, let's just say I don't know Jonathan did it. Oh, really? It's not like a Corey Feldman bad situation, right? Um, but when I looked up to see what Danny Pintaro uh, was doing with his life, mm-hmm. a lot of stories came up about him living with HIV. Well, that's, I mean, that could happen from just a blood transfusion. Right, right. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, but go ahead. He doesn't appear to have any uh, projects in the hopper, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, you know, but he's alive. Oh, well, I'm looking at his uh, Wikipedia, as I love w- reading Wikipedia on his. Uh, he uh, revealed in 2015 that he had HIV um, from being contracted from unsafe oral sex. Mm-hmm. And it was also, he was also disclosed that he had previously been addicted to methamphetamine. So there you go. I guess it didn't go well. <sighs> but anyway. I was going to say, he had a... After, and again, this is terrible. You know, I shouldn't be laughing. But he, uh, after Who's the Boss ended in 1992, his next gig was in 2006. Oh, really? And, uh... I didn't know he was in Cujo. Was he the main little kid? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good movie. One of the few good Stephen King movies. Like, of that that era? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, we're kind of like filling time here because, like as mentioned, right? You know, I, it's who's the boss is like kind of like it's it's not like a bad show, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But it's not like this like knock your socks off show when we watch Cheers and like rediscovered how good of a show Cheers is, or he'll sh- rewatch Hill Street Blues and like rediscovered how good Hill Street Blues is, Mash even, or Mash, or you know, set this up and talk about how good Soap was, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just want to talk about one thing in the episode that leads into Mona's episode. Right. Is that she ends up, the whole plot of the thing is that Tony gets uh, Judith help for her uh, business. And it turns out to be somebody who's really, you know, good. And they just show how shitty Mona is. And as it was. Or does it? She was a terrible employee. She's a good mother. What? Or was she? Oh, you're going to keep saying that? Because she was terrible. Well, go ahead, finish the synopsis of the episode. Well, she ends up, she ends up, like, doing, like, no work while she's there. The one good thing she does, she has, she has good relationship because she sleeps with the, with the customers. Uh, Allegedly. Allegedly. But otherwise, like, when Judith is like, I need that file, where was it? You know, it was under wherever. She couldn't find it. And she's going on and on. And then she leaves because this other woman is making her look bad. She's a terrible person. Joe, could you imagine doing a podcast, doing this podcast with somebody who does none of the work, does none of the prep, and all they care about is the money? Would you want to do that podcast? Would I want to do that podcast? <laughs> yes. Silence on the other side. But Ooh. no, she turns out. She Can I get turns back out, to you on that? Anyway. Yes. Cha-ching. She, she turns out to only, like, she wants to be loved. Yes, because she's like, oh, she wants to be needed by your daughter. But do do the job. You do a shitty job. And Judith gave up a great employee to bring her mother back. And the mother didn't even come. She wanted more money to do it. Mona is a horrible person. <laughs> Or 
or go ahead. Let's see the the Joe spin on it. Mona is an unconventional person. Oh, she does things her own way. Right. You can't fit her into the box of exactly how a secretary should be. Exactly. She has her own filing system that works for her. She has her own way of cultivating relationships with the clients that works for her. And while it may not be what um, Angela has in her head that the perfect receptionist should be, Angela doesn't need the perfect receptionist. She needs her mother. Ah, and the perfect receptionist. But, well, so, so, okay. She, Mona is the Ryan Reynolds of secretaries. I got it. She's doing her own thing. No, no, Mona's entertaining and made me smile and laugh a bunch of times. Oh, okay. So then we have the uh, never-done-before B-plot on the show of Everyone's Afraid of the Dentist. Oh, I love those. That's fantastic. That old chestnut. Mm-hmm. So, the, so this episode that we watched, you know, Todd did uh, some of the work cultivating this list. And it was like, oh, here's the episode that's right before the Mona episode. And the and- episode looks like it's Mona's losing her job at the ad agency, right? hmm And at the end of the episode, she gets her job at the ad agency back. You know, everything's kind of reset back to where it was. As most 80s sitcoms did. Right. So then we go to the episode entitled Mona. Now, I vividly remember seeing this episode, like, during either its original airing or when it was on in syndication. Because I remember, like, that weird sepia filter that they did for the black and white, oh, where, they, the- where they just filmed the outside of the house. Uh, a young Candace Cameron is playing a younger <laughs> Mona. Mm-hmm. Mona and then the playing. Gimmick, and the, where the gimmick, uh, where the brother flies away like Superman. Like, that's etched in my brain. Like, I vividly remember seeing that, like, growing up. Wasn't that her playing the mother, too? Right, and that was then uh, Mona herself playing her own mother. Right, in the dream sequence. Right, and it's just kind of her reminiscing uh, about her brother, because we're going to be introduced to not only her brother, but also another crazy cast of characters. Mm -hmm. And she's going out to see her brother, who just invested in this fancy hotel in New York City that has its own wild and crazy cast of characters, Todd. Wouldn't you love to see all of these characters in their own show? Okay. Obviously not. That's because this was the only episode that was ever done of this. We never, like, I think there's a thing at the end that they just kind of tacked on to just, like, like, wrap up whatever was going on with Tony and Angela. But, like, this was just an entire Mona episode. Right. Um... And it had like the, it had like all the '80s staple, like the mousy girl behind the counter, and then they had the guy who was like you know whose sexual harassment was funny. He, obviously, it was going to be because at one point in the episode, it's like, "Do you have something to do tonight?" Yes, but don't tell the other worker. And he's kind of looking at her because because he hits on me all day and laughs and sue. But I will say, out of like the brother and all the the the, the, the cast of characters, Cornelius and all of them, the the bellboy slash guy who who Paul Sand as Packard or oh fake Kramer I would all I know is uh, every time he was on uh th- this I was glued to him was Kramer was was Seinfeld on yet when this was on oh was Seinfeld on yet no so I don't want to say fake Kramer I want to say Kramer's fake Packard he's we still are and again, bear with me just a second here. 
Um, when this episode airs, right, we are still two years away from Seinfeld. Well, there you go. Don't be shitting on on Paul Sand. Well, listen, um, I'm not, listen, I'm not shitting on Paul Sand. I'm saying is he very easily could have been Kramer. Oh, definitely. If he when, went to the casting, he would have been Kramer. Right. So, like, there's a bit where he comes in the revolving door, and he, he's in the lobby, and he's hailing a taxi. He's like, missed my stop. And later he has the whistle around his neck, and he's doing the thing. And I'm like, you know what? I would have watched a whole series about this actor, this character. Because I'm not joking. He made me laugh every time he was on the screen. As a matter of fact... My dream booking is him and Arkansas from Blansky's Beauties oh. in their own. Are we cobbling <laughs> together our ultimate spinoff? <laughs> the League of Extraordinary Alex Gals. Yes. I would totally. That's what we should do from every episode. Like we should get the we should get the angry grandma who was playing pinball from Walter. <laughs> Arkansas. Like every episode, we get one. We get to pick one character. Okay, so here's the more screwy part about this, and we'll get to the rest of it, because this is just jam-packed with, like, the greatest character actors that either went on to have, like, long-lasting roles somewhere else or, like, one super giant memorable role, right? Right. So Paul Sand was on tons of stuff. He was on Give Me a Break. He was on St. Elsewhere. Uh, he was on The Love Boat, like, his recurring characters. And then in the mid-'70s, he had his own TV series entitled Paul Sand in Friends and Lovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what the, like, I don't even know, like, what the thing that he would have been, like, super famous for. But Paul Sand on this as the wacky bellhop or whatever it is mm-hmm. was in a season previous episode of Who's the Boss as Tony's friend from the sauna who, like, tries to hook him up with some broad. Oh, well, that was, I mean... Like, playing a complete... Like, same guy, just playing a completely different character. That happened all the time, because whatever studio you're under had a bunch of different actors contracted. Sure. And you'd see them s- slide in, and, and no... There was no IMDB back then, and, like, you only saw... You only saw an episode twice before it disappeared forever, and it was... Re- when the show was cancelled, it was really cancelled, and you never saw things again. So people didn't keep track, like... I I know, like, watching, like, shows later, like, one of them, a big one is Star Trek, that they would recycle actors and actresses because they could just be like, all right, this this year you're a Ferengi, uh, this year you're a, you're a Klingon, this year, and just, but that's the way it's always been, Joe. Right. But I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that, and then who was, uh, who played the Lothario guy, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, he was on- Joe Rigalabuto. Right, he was on Murphy Brown, wasn't he? Well, he he would later go on to be on Murphy Brown. Later, obviously. Right, and then the mousy girl, bellhop, whatever, whatever. She's also a Seinfeld-adjacent person. She would go on to play the girl who Jerry couldn't remember her name, but knew it rhymed with a female body part. Oh, Vulva. (laughs) No, not Vulva. Dolores. (laughs) Right. And then the head cleaning lady was in, like, everything. Oh, yes. She was pretty good, yeah. Right. Because how how many shows she had, I can't even imagine. Well, how many shows, how many movies. She was in, like, everything, right? Right. So she's like a Benson holdover. She's a this holdover. She's a that holdover, whatever. And he's not, but I thought the brother 
at first glance was Craig T. Nelson. But it was well, like low rent Craig T. Nelson. Right. He was the guy, like we said, who was the pipe smoking guy on uh, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> and I have to also say, as I'm looking at Joe Rigalabuto, he was in a season two episode of Who's the Boss as well as a priest. There you go. Oh, my goodness. They just like called everyone who had like one shots in mm-hmm. season two. And they're like, ah, oh, let's just scrape everyone together on their own damn show. We loved you. We loved you in in season two, so we thought we'd get you for this unsuccessful spin-off pilot. <laughs> so the the plot of the uh, the the episode is is not Craig T. Nelson, Mona's brother, uh, somehow has access to her savings, sure, and invests her savings as well as his own in this hotel, which they were playing up was very run down, but didn't feel run down. There was a lot of t- people talking about how rundown it was, but they never actually showed how rundown it was. You saw the lobby, a hallway, and one really nice room in the set. Which I mean, ex- the actual real hotel that they were in. Right, the 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 room that they explained. But Joe, when she slapped the chair, dust came out of it. What more do you need to know? Guests came down and said there was problems. There, It's all set up the hotel is garbage, Joe. So we get a, a thing where Mona is the one who's a little bit more personable to all the staff at the hotel. She's kind of getting to know them. And she gets from the old lady, the cleaning lady, the black book of the guy who uh, Sold previously the owned the hotel of all the salacious things that he used to do in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So Mona's like, I'm going to blackmail this guy to get out of this deal. Turns out in 1987 or 8 or whenever the hell this was on, nobody had the internet to see that this was already covered in the tabloids. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Mona bites the bullet and decides, I'm going to stick around and I'm going to help clean up this dump that's not really a dump. It's really just three sets. And Mona's going to be gone from Who's the Boss forever. Right. Or... Is she? In the next episode... The opening thing is Mona packing up her stuff saying, well, I'm out of here. Looks like Tony, you could have my old place. And then there was a wacky adventure involving Tony and Angela and like really more heavily playing up in this episode, their will they, won't they romance more or less so than they did in the previous episode that we watched that actually had all the characters in it. Mm -hmm. So then we're introduced to Tony's like two 'er ne'er-do-well buddies and they're having all these parties and there's belly dancers and people wearing togas and footprints on the ceilings and all this other nonsense, right? And the whole time Angela's worried about what Tony's doing over there. Tony's worried about Angela in the house all by herself. And then they finally come to the realization they don't know what they're going to do. We go to the commercial and we come back our our post-credit thing, like that last like two-minute thing is uh, Mona's just like, yeah, I'm back now. I decided I don't want to do the thing I said I'm going to do in the last episode. Looks like you're back in the house, Tony. And at the end of the episode. Wow. So I had to watch the next episode for the closure. Because they just, like, end <laughs> the Mona episode where it's like, well, I'm going to be running the hotel now. I like, too, her... Uh her uh, pit crew jumpsuit that she had at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. The little wrench on it for no reason. I don't know. Just wear, your, wear, wear what you want for uh, wardrobe today. I don't care. 
But yeah, as you were saying, basically overall, I mean, the Mona episode is the Mona episode, and it didn't fly for for the episode. But I was a little less than you on comfort food because I was never a Tony uh, who's the boss guy. I thought uh, all in all, everything here was just middle of the road, which is the worst thing. You know, it could be like the jokes, like only one or two jokes landed that made me laugh. The one was like, uh, she's like, uh, with this new girl, I can't get my filing done. Look at my look at my nails. They're terrible. Like I'm like, all right, a pun. I get it. That's good. But otherwise, uh, it wasn't good. And I, and it was such a weird thing to see Tony Danza acting so different than every other character he's ever played. Oh my god, Tony Maselli, Tony Banta, just he's you know ultimate ultimate Tony man. I like Tony Danza. He's a good guy. Right. I like it when he was the the garbage kicking. Football player. That's my favorite Tony Danza role. A field goal kicking. Based <laughs> right. on a true story, I think. Right, as they all are, Joe. As they all are. You're looking that up now, aren't you? I have to. <laughs> yes. The garbage picking, field goal <laughs> kicking Philadelphia phenom. That's right. With football season coming back, that's what we should have watched. 1998, Tony Danza is his late 40s. And we're letting a, someone in their late 40s star in a movie? Oh, well, it's made for TV. Okay, that's fine. Well, kickers can play into their 40s, Joe. Oh, they can? Until your leg falls off. They're the second most protected person in the on the field behind the, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Tell, that, tell that to Joe Namath. Oh, tell that to Theisman. <laughs> Joe to Theisman, that's who I meant. That's what I yes, thinking. I know who you meant. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I enjoy, you know, if if you got nothing to do and you're flipping around the channels in an episode of Who's the Boss come on, you could do a lot worse. Just one last thing. I don't like Joe Namath. He needs a haircut. Ah, uh, That's all. Uh, Johnny Unitas, <laughs> there's a haircut you can set your watch to. There you go. Come on. Who are you talking to here? Exactly. Some piker just came off the streets. Mm. Oh, anyway. So I, I think that was an all-around good one. I, I, you know, it's fun to see the difference. I would have liked to see Mona take off, but what are you going to do? And Paul okay. Sand. I thought the cast of characters around her was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest problem would be that the second lead, like her brother, not Craig T. Nelson, mm-hmm. was the weakest of the new characters. Right. Like, I, I wanted to know the least about him. I wanted to know more about everybody else, the least about him. And we already know about Mona. So when your second male, your male lead is someone who is completely outshined by everyone on the on the rest of the show, I could see why that show probably didn't test well. But Joe, don't you get it? She's the exact. He's the exact opposite of his sister. Well, she's zany, sex crazed. He's a you know stiff, you know tight collared, you know curmudgeon. They're completely different, but they had the same you know parents. Oh, you don't get it. I I get it, but those audiences didn't. <laughs> right. So. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for bearing with us on Al's Gals this week. Uh, of course, longboxheroes.com is where you can get the show. Uh, unless you're a Patreon, which you can find the link there. You get the show two days early with your five bucks a month pledge. Uh, thanks, everyone, who is a Patreon. Getting the show early. Support us in any way, whether you're Patreon, 
buying stuff through the Amazon link, buying stuff through our store, or just telling a friend. I love seeing more people talking about the show, more interaction with the show. You know, I love getting the alerts from everyone when the stuff that we talk about on the show comes up. You know, active listening, active listenership. I like it a lot. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Episode 249 of uh, Long Box Series After Dark. Al's gals slash Mona, who's the boss, question mark. Mm -hmm. So, uh, see you next week, everybody. Bye.